Hey everybody, Chris here with a few announcements and I'll try to blaze through them as quickly as possible. Um, one, if you haven't yet, I highly recommend signing up for the newsletter. It's the easiest, quickest way to keep track of everything going on with Clean and Sober and Since right now, uh, once a week. Uh, two, um, if you haven't yet signed up for Facing Addiction, uh, Unite to Face Addiction on the Mall, October 4th in Washington, D.C., a great way to do it would be to sign up through uh, any of the links uh, on senserightnow.com. There's a banner on the front page and there's a, a banner in the sidebar on uh, the uh, the blog pages. Stories, insights, and past imperfect. Um, and also, if you haven't yet and wouldn't mind... We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review and or rating, uh, rating and or review, I should say, on iTunes. Even if you listen to us on a different um, service, it would be great. Uh, it'd be huge help to us. And, uh, you know, just the best rating and review you can uh, comfortably give us, we'd appreciate. Um, just your honest opinion. And lastly, we are and will continue to be as far as I know, forever, a free podcast. Um, having said that, you know, we do have month monthly costs to, you know, maintain the site and the podcast. And you know, we want to maintain the quality and improve the the, the quality and the offerings and, and just how we do it. And to that end, uh, I've set up a, a Patreon account. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, basically, it's kind of like Kickstarter Indiegogo, but you you essentially opt in for a, a recurring payment in our case per month. Um, you know it can be as little as a dollar per month, and we go up significantly higher than that. We don't necessarily expect that. You know anything um, essentially tossed in our tip jar, we would greatly appreciate. Um, but there's absolutely no uh, no expectation or, or, or pressure on anyone to do so uh, we just uh, you know want to help uh, basically defray some of the, the costs that we incur when I say we I mean me <laughs> so um, all right well thanks for listening to all that and all of those links to all of that can be found on senserightnow.com most of it on senserightnow.com backslash pdcst which is the podcast page on clean and sober um, okay, thanks a lot for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Please put your hands together for our guest tonight, Sasha Zizko Blick, author of Unwasted, My Lush Sobriety. 
celebrity relapse makes you like, who would I? Like Robert Plant, Jimmy Page in 1977, U.S. tour backstage. Well, that's I'd relapse. Celebrity time travel. <laughs> I'd relapse. relapse. Time travel relapse is awesome. Tonight we're. But is there, I'd relapse with that. Hello. Hey Sasha. Hi. Hey, it's Chris. And, and Jeff. And Matt. Hi guys. Yeah. How are you? Howdy. Just playing a round of uh, speed round of fantasy relapse. Keith I know. Richards, come on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do it. I want to hear each of yours. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just telling them that really, when I uh, the when I became familiar with you, and then when I, I I read the notion of fantasy relapse, it was really like I was just—it's such a brilliant notion, um, you know. And we're, yeah. But we'll, we'll, I think we'll probably get into that in a, in a minute. Um, <laughs> I think uh, so. You've you've heard Jeff. Yep. And we've had complaints that sometimes it's hard to tell our voice apart if we don't introduce ourselves. Yes. So I'm going to let Jeff say hi again. Hello, I'm Jeff. Nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> that was well-spoken, Jeff. Thank you. I'm Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> I'm not going to say nice to meet you, uh, but it is nice to meet you. And what I don't tell everybody is just one person in the room. I do all three voices. Right. <laughs> um, and they're all in your head. Exactly. <laughs> um so uh, yeah, if if you're ready to go, we're ready to go. Yeah, let's um, do it. and we can just jump in. I, uh, I I've decided that uh, you know I, I mentioned that I think my Achilles heel is my my introduction of the guests, and I was thinking about it the other day after the last one, which I particularly botched. I think of Fernanda David, and um, rather than keep acting like it's a shtick, I think I'll, I'll make it a feature. <laughs> Um, and uh, I'll just say um, tonight's guest who we're very happy to have on the show is Sasha Z. Skoblik, um, who many of you listening know from her memoir, Unwasted My... Oh, I forget the tagline. Lush Sobriety. Lush Sobriety. <laughs> I was going to say... Um, and uh, I'll let you take it from there. I think that's, you know, m- most of our listeners are going to be familiar with you just from that title alone. Okay, sure. Um, well, I had read a lot of what I call junkie lit yep. and uh, had noticed that most of it was like focused on the before picture, um, unless it was uh, like hazeled in or really sincere stuff. Um, so it was either kind of like I've seen a burning bush and I have forever changed or it was like I'm in the gutter with Edgar Allan Poe snorting opium. And I, I just felt like neither represented me at all. I still uh, hadn't found a like super contrived sense of earnesty. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and I also, um, you know, I didn't look like um, the people on intervention or something, which I think does such a disservice to addicts because like the bar for that show is so high and it makes you think like, well, I don't look like that. I'm, <laughs> I must be okay. And, uh, and so like, I still had a job and I still had a relationship. So I, I thought I'm not an addict and that like allowed me to drink a lot longer. Um, and, uh, and when I, and then when I quit, I was still pretty, you know, okay on paper right and uh and I think a lot of us are and like there's no reason to wait until you're like in a public park with your pants around your ankles to like be like wait I should quit drinking uh so so yeah so I wanted to put a face like that on it but then I also wanted to write from the perspective of sobriety because 
like the, the whole idea, right, is that my before picture is maybe not as bleak or crazy as uh, some of these other memoirs that are out there. So what was interesting to me was that, to me, sobriety has been a completely surreal experience and that that was its own weird thing worth talking about. And so that's why that was that was my value add to yeah. the genre. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And did yeah. you write it? It's how long? Because we were just discussing how old is is it been out for how long? What? It's been out for four years. It came yeah. out yeah. around this time, actually, in 2011. Okay. I, it started when I had written um, a couple pieces for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what happened was I noticed that the New York Times was doing this drinking blog. And I was like, awesome, I should man. totally write for them. <laughs> and then, like a good addict, I just sort of crossed my arms and went, hmm. <clears throat> Why don't they call me? And like, that would have been the end of it. Um, and then someone was like, you know, you're a journalist. Like, you could probably just call them. <laughs> and, right. uh, and so I did. It was like one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, like I have some agency in, in this. And, um, and they asked me to pitch some things, and I did. And they asked me to write some things, and I did. And then they even published three of them. So that's uh, okay. okay. That was the start to the book. That's cool. And they were, all they those, were, like stories, all that stuff's in the book because we we all read those things. So they were great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah more or less they're in the book. Some I think are, some, right? Yeah, yeah some, maybe in different forms, forms, like expanded or truncated. But yeah. And how long did you have when you for, when you wrote the book? Was it about your first year? Because that is a surreal experience. I, I mean, I think we all have. How long did you have in that? Yeah. Um, I you, I mean I I probably had a let's see. I was writing it mostly in like 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. So at that point I had four years. Oh, okay. Um, but I was, I was looking back on a lot of it. Um, and it felt new too, because, um, I, I had been kind of in and out of any program. And, uh, by the, by the time I had started, uh, writing for the New York times, I had, Reimmerse myself in uh, in the program. Do we say the name on the show? Is it up to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a twelve step program. Yeah, it's a twelve step program. I mean, we say whatever we want. want I think. Okay. Yeah. Just, so, whatever you're comfortable Vol- saying. Yeah. yeah. Voldemort or. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah so uh, so I and that was um, kind of eye opening to me because I had done my first couple years. Um, by yourself, you know, by myself. We, yeah, talk, I know. Chris is our you and Chris. Like you guys right. did. I, I always think like no way, nobody really does it, but yeah. you did, and you were talking about it. Right, and yeah. then, and then when I went in, though, when people would say that, like I couldn't have done that. Yeah, it always makes me feel like no, but I'm a real addict. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I have to like qualify. Yeah. Um, did did you? I mean, you had that sensation, right? That you didn't necessarily. Did you have that sense of maybe I? don't really belong to this club. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Some of that. Yeah. It wasn't until I heard someone lead a meeting who was so obviously much less bad than me. That's mm-hmm. a terrible sure. sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, she, she just clearly had not gone as far out into the weeds as I had. And that was kind of like, Oh, and she's an alcoholic. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> prior Please. to that, yeah, exactly. Prior to that, I had been, uh, really doubtful. And then, but the other thing is that prior to that, I, I was, um, still a jerk, <laughs> you know, I was like, 
<laughs> I was like shopping excessively or like yeah. lying. I was, you know, I was just a total dry alcoholic. Yeah. And um, so, in many ways, my second year of sobriety felt like my first in yeah. the sense that I was like kind of like, oh, I should be honest. Interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's a, That'll so, save so, me time. <laughs> so those first, that first month, did you think in your head you were an alcoholic or are you just like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to, I know I can't drink. I'm just going to white knuckle it and try it. And it just kind of sort of happened. No, I mean, look, I tried that dozens of times yeah. before I, or I really quit. Right. So I was, I mean, I was pretty sure I was an addict. The other thing is my father is an addict and, uh, you know, he's like the mayor of AA. So I, <laughs> so you I knew about it. Yeah, I knew about it. And like then four also, check-in mayor or like, <laughs> or like sash wearing mayor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think he has a robe, oh, okay. like cool. scepter. Um, yeah, he, uh, so I, and then I guess because I associated AA with him, I just knew that that meant you can never drink again. So I avoided that for all, you know, right. as long as so possible. You were not ready for that when you first got in or first right. stopped. Right. Or I just thought, yeah, when I first stopped, what I actually thought was, I'm just never going to drink when my boyfriend is around. And then when he goes out of town, yeah, it's I on. drink. Yeah. yeah like I, that was crime. like how I had to like convince myself. That was like my baby step. And then I was like, when is he going to leave town? When is he going to leave town? And uh, <laughs> honestly, by the time he left town, I had like six months. And wow. all of a sudden, yeah. the, you know, that was substantial enough. Do I want to give it up? And also, I was kind of like clean enough that <laughs> I was seeing things a bit differently. Um, yeah. yeah. Six months, you're on a pink cloud. That could be pink yeah. cloud time, right? Ish. I think yeah. my pink cloud really came when I was more immersed in AA. And then I stopped, just to be clear. But I went to AA for a long time and made a lot of friends and, like, totally, you know, tried it on, wore it as a coat, walked around with it. Um, and it gave me everything I needed for a long time. I mean, I, I, those were the rose-colored glasses days because that was, like, I felt awake and conscious in a way I had never had before. And that was why, especially in my book, it was really important to me to mention 12-step programs because I don't feel like I, like, miraculously got sober and, like, you know, like, I don't know, some kind of, like, incredible, miraculous, you know, religious experience mm -hmm. or something. Like, I definitely needed help yeah. because I was not, like, my life was still pretty out of control even though I'd been sober a while. I should say not drinking a while. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And yeah. So you still go or no? No. Um, I, I honestly, for uh, since my son was born, which is four years ago, I really haven't gone at all. And I think if I go, it's like someone asks me to lead a meeting, which I'm always happy to do. I feel like I can never say no. Sure. sure. Um, but I don't avail myself of it. Oh, and actually I've taken someone. Like that's the other thing. Mm. If someone is... Uh, seeks help. I know of no other, I know of few, I should say, better places. Sure. I mean, I think it's a great place. And I'm, a, what I can say is I got what I needed. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I left the rest and I feel okay about that. And when I go, it always feels nice. And I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I need to have a meeting every day. It, when you were there, were you did you like work all the steps and sponsor and sponsee mm -hmm. and all that? Um, a bit. I, I definitely had a sponsor. I didn't get through all the steps. 
I mean, at one point, I would just couldn't make it past step two. Um, yeah. <laughs> and at Came one point, I... That never yeah, happened. Never happened. Are you an right. agnostic atheist? Agnostic. I mean, I, 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 I'm not fundamentalist. I don't know what I don't know. I, no. I'm willing to accept some things out there. Ah, but that, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that whatever it is, is like, gives a shit if I'm sober or not. <laughs> no, right. it just cares like who hits home runs and wins Grammys. Really important. Right, right. God things. Um, right. So, yeah. So actually at one point my sponsor was like, look, we're just going to go to step three. Um, moving on. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to have to come back to that. Like I was like a class I failed. I would have to come back to. And, um, and so then, yeah, I moved on in the steps and, uh, and I got to the 12th, but I never took on a sponsee. And partly that was because I just didn't feel I could in good faith. Yeah. Yeah, mentor sense. someone that way yeah so you did not have a higher power at all working this thing or it just that wasn't part of it i mean right as i so this comes up in my book unsurprising yeah. um where yeah. i talk about i i really you know a lot of people say if you're you don't believe in god make the group your higher power uh -huh. like that's like like introductory like um your starter yeah. god sure, starter god. <laughs> yeah and uh and and so i was okay with that actually because i was like look we're like you know, we're better as, as groups of people than we are alone. Like, mm -hmm. like we can build roads and move mountains and do all this cool shit when we're together. Right. And mm -hmm. I think isolation is bad. We're social animals. I was with the group and I really kind of for a long time was like, yep, the group's my higher power. Like these people are keeping me sober. Sure. And then they weren't, I mean, not that they were failing. I just didn't need them to need keep it. me sober. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I like that. Well, and it's yeah. funny, I guess, because we always, when Chris tells his story of doing it by himself, I always think that it's still a recovery story in certain points or beats of well, your thing that you had to go through it. And it absolutely is. I mean, yeah. what Jeff and I've realized over the years um, is that yeah. So I sort of stumbled across maybe some underlying universal truths beats of, to Jeff's point or truths mm -hmm. to the steps and um, yeah. and uh, you know. I don't know if it's stumble if it's fair to say stumble if you don't know what you're you're looking. Well, I guess that is the definition of stumble. But, um, but anyway, I found them and and the and, perfect, and, it, and it perfect worked word. out for whatever um, you know reasons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm mm -hmm. you know an a pathist, I like to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just yeah, the higher I'm not thing. bothered <laughs> yeah. by any of it. Um, and uh, but uh, you know, I also. Part of me, when I came to this stage, and I've said it before in the podcast, so listeners will know, I did feel like, wow, did I miss all this this community thing, this higher power of the group of people like me? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, my people. And then, you know, there's a whole story that's been told on the podcast about how I went to find my people, and <laughs> it initially didn't work out they so didn't well. Want but, you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I loved that community. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the other thing is, look, I know that right now, years after I've seen some of these people, if I relapsed, they'd be there in a second yeah, with no right. judgment at all. And that's beautiful. And I'm not so sure I'm as good a person as that. And it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like to think I, um, I, I take people to AA when they, you know, come yeah. to me. Because occasionally people will be like, I read your book. Can we go to lunch? And, and, uh, and so I do try. But I think there is something very powerful and beautiful that happens there that is mm -hmm. a collective thing. That is, you know, that I, I sacrifice if I don't go. But I'm also okay with that. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, also, 
there's, it's not all roses, right? Like some of it's doctrinaire and uncomfortable. And, um, and, and so there was that part too, that made me feel uncomfortable. And I used to really be, um, timid about talking about this stuff because you don't want anyone to be like, well, maybe I don't need AA. And then like, they don't get any help at all. And there's lots of different ways to get help. But the point is, you should try them all or try yeah. a few or <laughs> you should find what like, works for you right, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. yeah exactly right and you know i think you know i don't know from my perspective i don't know if i if what i had tried which was sort of my ill-advised naively concocted plan hadn't worked for me i, I don't know what i would yeah. have done I, yeah. I like to think i would have tried something else but you never know yeah um and and you can't just go to like one meeting and be like tried it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think you've got to give it a chance. And for me, also finding a meeting I could like buy into um, was huge. And then later, I could go to meetings where I was like, "We are all the same, and I don't care if you're all homeless heroin addicts. I am you, and you are me." Mm-hmm. But like at first, I I was like, I needed people who looked like me and who had jobs sure. and who I, I mean, it's just it was like a a bias I didn't know I had until mm-hmm. it manifested. I can understand that when they tell you look for someone who has something you want, mm-hmm. and you see no one. Yeah, yeah. I just, right. Like, this shit. I don't want any of this. Right. <laughs> like that yeah. guy's watch is fake. And, you know, like, <laughs> you, your bad dressing. These right. fucking clothes. Right. I don't want this yeah. shit. But I don't. Want, I don't want this you... street wisdom. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's hilarious. But then you come to realize, hey, why? Is that person smiling? Or yeah. why is that person always content every time I see them? Mm-hmm. Right. And then they start saying things that are like deceptively simple that you're like, huh. And it just like mm-hmm. rattles around and makes sense. And I love that. I mean, honestly, say, being honest has been like a watershed like epiphany for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like it's just always easier. It always saves me trouble in the end. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those like stupid, simple things that someone would like, you know, bedazzle onto a pillow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I needed to hear it like a lot before it actually sunk in that that was like a way of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah these guys had to put up with me ranting about uh, the aphorisms that end up on squares on Pinterest or uh, on Instagram. Yeah. We get a lot of those. <laughs> Just because they're not they're not in my recovery experience. Yeah. But um, right. I, I was sort of inundated. I was a deluged by them in the beginning i'm just like what is all this stuff mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. are all these platitudes um yeah but, they, but you know yeah. then you sort of realize that these are um true just, they're true yeah they're which true. is true. Yeah, <laughs> frustrating right, right. I hate that. um yeah I, I, hate, I hate to say i wasn't gonna say so that, do, do you have a like a, a program that you work now is it do you is it you know because once you get sober for a while alcohol doesn't <laughs> is not your daily problem right mm-hmm. right that's I'm, right I'm kind of afraid not to, I, I go to AA meetings and I'm sort of afraid not to. I've been going for so long. I don't know. I don't want to mess the mojo. I don't, you know, I like uh, all the guys and whatever. And then it's don't. Still cool and I love <laughs> yeah. hanging out, whatever. Um, but I wonder <clears throat> just what do you, do you still have this thing? Are you still, do you meditate, pray? I mean, you got something mm-hmm. going on every day. Mm-hmm. Just kind of remind yourself you. I do meditate and that's yeah. something that came straight from the rooms that I like. That was like one of those, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. Yeah. I took that. Um, so for sure that. And like tons, just tons of the lessons, I would say, um, like the aphorisms and stuff that like we instinctively cringe at as, as like intellectual creative types or whatever. And mm-hmm. 
and yet have resonance when you really have pondered them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I, I, I always think of things like restraint of pen and tongue. Uh, you know, I, I always try to like not be too impulsive. I also get a lot of advice, which is something I never used to do. Um, because I realized that I, um, should not always be in charge of my life. Like I make terrible decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm. you know, I have really terrible instincts. And, uh, you know, if <laughs> this were like some kind of like Darwinian experiment, I probably wouldn't survive. I mean, I, I, I just, I would like run headlong off the cliff because it looked exciting instead of, you know, being like, dude, do you think there's a net or, you know, so I, I definitely, um, ask for help and advice. And I definitely use like restraint of pen and time to hold myself back. I'd be, I'm honest. Um, I try to be a good worker among workers. I'm mean, like all of these things yeah. daily are in, in deeply embedded in how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got that. I mean, and I take that and I feel like every now and then when I do have to speak or, uh, take someone in that, you know, it's usually one of those things where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like someone points out something that, resonates newly and uh i'm sure it wouldn't hurt if i went every day but yeah you know i'm good and but you know what's interesting about that is you know at a certain point in our recoveries we are allowed to i think a life yeah get a life and relax into it and as long as we're not um you know whatever we're self-honesty as long as you know we're we we're aware of what we're doing and our motivations and all that Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves meeting coffee. How cool is that? The official coffee of the Sense Right Now podcast. Uh, that's something I wrestle with. You know, I told you a bit about my story in the pre calls that I spent, you know, well over a decade just not doing anything about it and just living. And quite frankly, I, I lived myself into, I think, you know, what. It's a term I hate, not for the reason that I think other people hate it, but a dry drunk. I, I became a really yeah. miserable person late into my uh, recovery. Yeah. Um, and, At uh, your 10-year mark. R- r- yeah, right around 10 years. Yeah. I, I just I remember that. Was, <laughs> Jeff remembers it because... 10-year <laughs> angry. Jeff remembers it because he had to lay me off because I was such a miserable... That like the seven-year itch? <laughs> What's that? Like the seven-year itch? Yeah, it was exactly... Although, yeah... <laughs> Tenure. Tenure funk. I mean, I was I was just miser- <laughs> a miser- miserable and a misery, Sasha. And um, what was my point? Well, yeah. So as long as you're you're paying attention, and and some of that was I didn't have a system, and I sort of had to get down to basics yeah. and figure myself out. And I did all that again, not <clears throat> using specifically AA tenets or anything, but just yeah. general be a better person yeah. <laughs> tenets. Which, yeah, yeah, not you know, mindfully using and, the tenets. Yeah. Still. Um, and uh, so I guess. At this, at this point, and here's what I'm getting around to: is you're sort of you're out. I, I think in front of what's becoming increasingly, uh, increasingly looking like a, a recovery moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think you were there while the, the wave was building with um, unwasted, and, and you know, certainly contributed to the the force of the wave. I think. Um, and so, what do do you feel um, a responsibility? as a voice now having having published that um, um yeah i mean to a certain extent and i think that's why i talk so candidly about my own experience uh because i think that there's a real tension right now between the recovery community and the scientific community mm-hmm. um and that 
really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they need not be mutually exclusive and that both sides have like this real antagonism toward the other. You know, you see really hardcore AA people telling you that you don't need to take, you know, all of these new medicines that can really help quell addiction mm-hmm. um, because if one is good, 10 is great, right? And as those kind of fundamentally misunderstands like medicine mm-hmm. and, and also fundamentally misunderstands like how these things work. They're not addictive in and of themselves mm-hmm. necessarily. Some are, some are, of course, Suboxone, definitely addictive. Um, but even that might be okay if it right. works. I mean, like that's the thing for me is if it works, I don't judge it. And mm-hmm. so... I think there's a tension against people who are uh, way too squeamish about that. And also to those who are, you know, kind of like if you leave the rooms, you will relapse and die. I've seen it a hundred times and kind of like doomsday and, and, and that bothers me. But then on the other side, you talk to scientists who are great and like they're studying brain imagery and they, they totally have their finger on the pulse of the science and it's very exciting and they're trying to like figure this out and unravel it and they'll call AA like folklore, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like, and that's like, also like unnecessarily dismissive and also I think takes away what we were talking about earlier, that kind of great collective community thing. And like where I found honestly my morality, you know, I, what I took from it was needed and maybe not everyone needs it, but I sure did because for me, drinking had stripped me down of all that kind of vital, uh, compassion. So uh, so I think that the scientific community and uh, the recovery community could totally benefit from each other. And I think that the best, you know, rehab programs and stuff are the ones that do both of those things. Um, and they're coming around, you know, more and more. But there are still like places in this country where like you don't even have to have a bachelor's degree to work at a, you know, drug and alcohol center. Right. And like, right. you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot to be gained from people from experience people with experience in addiction, helping other people with addiction. But there's also something to be gained from a doctor on site. <laughs> yes. That's if, if science invented a drug that, mm-hmm. would make, that would allow us to drink again, would you take it? Would you take it? <laughs> I don't think that. I'm just, I'm just asking. I don't think. I'm going to show you think this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here, well, it's just big question. Question I mean, of the night. That's good stuff, right? Like, that's the ultimate fantasy relapse. Right? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, no. I just can't uh, yeah. picture it. I, yeah. I can't yeah. picture the phenomena. I have craving going away. I just can't, I can't yeah. see it working for me, no matter how they fix the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still fuck it up somehow. <laughs> that's true. And my reaction is, you know, my reaction is to say no. Yeah. How many yeah. of these pills do you have? Because I'm going to take them all. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm going to OD I'm gonna on those pills. these up and snort them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, here's the thing, as if alcohol suddenly had no effect on me, yeah, then, then it would just be like, you know, yeah. a bitter drink. It would, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like it might, it might not be that interesting. So, okay, uh, maybe I'd take it. I guess then it would not be a fantasy relapse at all, really. Oh, it would right. just be no. a really deadly, boring relapse. Right, exactly. yeah. <laughs> would you just be, you just like drink a glass and a half of wine and stop. <laughs> That's right. Not- well, yeah, then I guess because I'm always jealous of those people who are like, you know what? I think I'm done. I know. I love that part. And I You're still so do that too. The half empty glasses. I mean, I still notice yeah. them to this day and I'm still like puzzled. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm just, mm-hmm. not, I don't get it. Or watching my dad, who's in the program, would talk about watching guys on television make drinks. Like, yeah. And, you know, soap operas and stuff. And, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Don't put ice in it. Don't put ice in it. <laughs> they, they'd slowly walk over and put ice cube in. What do you do? Oh, yeah. 
No, I will watch a lonely, half-empty glass as someone walks away, and I'll be like, you forgot your wine. Yeah. <laughs> Come back and get it. You savage. So sad, yeah. <laughs> lonely without you. Um, yeah, so... I, I mean, that's always cute when I meet those people who are like, you don't drink? That's great. I'm not going to drink tonight either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's just like, wow, you don't have a problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're whatever the opposite of an alcoholic is. Right. You're a palcoholic. <laughs> oh, no. So, I know. I'm sorry. We, this has devolved quickly. Um, so, yeah. So, and I, I guess my. You know, when I, we started doing this podcast, this became my second hour of recovery-based thinking each week. I dropped my Monday meeting. And so I was curious to you, like, is... Because recovery for me is, like, if I'm around it or I'm thinking about it, like, each week, it's just part of your life. And I feel... I just wonder if you ever have a fear. Is it still in your life, your day-to-day existence? Like, alcoholism recovery, you have a touch of that somehow. Um, or... Because they always say, if, you know, I... I I've always been told that you, you we quickly forget we're alcoholics, right? Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. fast that can change. And so that's why you keep going to these meetings because two weeks after you, you know, you stop going to meetings, we've all been in points where I haven't gotten to a meeting in a couple weeks and you get a little, a little crazy. A little squirrely. A squirrely, as yeah. they say. Maybe. Thinking, whatever. So I just wonder if what, how that is for you these days. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really great question. I think that's exactly why people who feel that way should totally keep going to meetings. Yeah. Um, I do kind of, think of it a lot and part of it actually is from doing a lot of journalism on the science of it and no and understanding that like I've rewired my brain and that if I take a drink I could reactivate the addiction just you know as quickly right and and so like I'm I just I'm very aware of that that is like literally how it works that there is no me like doing fine with it or at least like not ultimately like so I, I the science of this now you've you've become an expert in the science of alcoholism oh expert is a big word but <laughs> i have interviewed us. experts More. right i have i've spoken to experts and written it down okay um yeah so yeah like nice. so you know we have this kind of like preconditioned response to our drugs of choice that has um us you know, kind of slaves to it in the sense that, um, you can show me, um, a picture of alcohol before I've even like understood what you're showing me a picture of, like somewhere in my brain is already like lit up and wants it. (laughs) And so it's before I've even made the decision about what I think this image is, it's happening that fast. And so, you know, that's beyond me. That's just addiction. And so, knowing that keeps me away from it. And, um, I guess the other thing is, is that if I ever see people drinking too much, Mm. that's what I have a hard time with. You know, the people who drink at dinner around me or Mm. whatever, like adults, (laughs) like, like your alcoholics, um, that's totally fine. doesn't bother me at all. But when I see people like doing shots and stuff, it, oh, it unnerves nerves me and I just I talk about squirrely that's where I get really uncomfortable and I feel like a a really ugly mirror is being held up to me and I never want to feel like that again so there I do have these you you know kind of checks and balances I guess Mm -hmm. in my daily life and and if I felt I was losing that I would 
I would definitely, I think, go back more. And look, the, of course, the risk I'm taking, right, is that I, uh, I don't realize that, and you know, yeah. get a, you know, estranged out in the world somewhere and, and decide to try it. But you know, I don't think so. And I mean, part of it is that I do stuff like this all the time and talk about addiction. Yeah, so. sure. I think that's a huge part. I mean, I think yeah. that's it. I think that's ultimately at at some point you're in the program. And and I go to the same meeting every week. No one's rarely do I hear anything surprising, and you know it's like just mm-hmm. it's the same stories. But you you kind of go because you want to help the new guy, or mm-hmm. you feel you just want to give back. So I guess you're just like showing up to help the new chucklehead that comes in. But as long as you're doing something, right? And yeah. this right. is that or that or talking about it or Being just mindful all that stuff. in whatever yeah. way, shape, or form. And I think what 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 I'm really curious about too, and is that now that we three here on this side have sort of started doing this in yeah. a you know, media-based way as opposed to just, you know, going in the rooms and doing it in a very private way. Um, you you now are a very, you know, public face in many ways um, by merit of your book and your, your you know, New York Times art, uh, articles. Do you ever, do you ever contemplate or, or hope that there you'll be able to sort of put that behind you and be private about it again? Or do you, are you comfortable being... Um, uh, uh, both. I think okay. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with addiction always being something like associated with me. And, and partly that's just because I think more of us need to be out there and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a big problem with anonymity. I would never break someone else's ever, ever, ever. But I think the more of us that on our own come out as addicts and, and like I say, put that face on it. That isn't like the guy in the gutter on intervention, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I like kind of show that like we come in all walks of life and, and, and just like allow more and more people to see us because then they can identify in and get help. So like to me being out is huge sure. and I, and, and I think more people should be, and I think it's great when they are. I don't, ever judge someone for not and god knows it's still stigmatized and i'm just really lucky that i uh you know am in a field where it just doesn't matter and and so i can but uh yeah so in that sense i I mean being public is totally fine with me the sense in which i wouldn't mind it being private is just that like for example i'm writing a novel and it would be nice not to like have it mined for like addiction metaphors or something (laughs) like I don't know like just have it be taken at face value and and I mean maybe it will be and I don't even have a book deal so I'm just sort of you know speaking out of turn but uh yeah there's a there's a part of me like in terms of my writing career that has nothing to do with addiction that I hope can flourish as well so it's a fictional novel nothing to do with yes I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. It has something to do with addiction in the sense that one of the characters is an addict, but it has nothing to do with recovery and it has nothing yeah, yeah. to do with like tips. Okay. <laughs> Did people hear that here first? Yeah. <laughs> that breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. That's, that's right. It's going to be years before it's out. So don't get okay. you know, too excited. Don't get all crazy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to put a big scoop <laughs> yeah. first on this awesome. episode. Awesome. Guess who's that's got right. a drug problem? Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I can totally appreciate that. I think, you know, for me, new to, well, all of us, I guess, new to be this sort of, uh, you know, overt uh, expression of our, our recovery, um, it certainly weighs on my mind. Like, is, is this, you know, I, I'm comfortable with it being who I am, certainly for the time being. But, 
We'll yeah. see how Absolutely. I mean, I think probably people listen to your show and think like, this makes sense to me and these right. guys are cool and this is not what I thought recovery was. And I just think that's great. More options means right. more people buy in. Well, exactly. And when you, you said the word earnest. And, and it is. There's, and that's all there was on this side right. of the coin. There's that's all right. these freaking awesome. And I love train wreck stories. And I, and one of the reasons I still go to meetings is <laughs> yeah. I love when someone's gonna tell me a good crack story. I'm, I'm like, ready. yeah, yeah it's this like, is gonna get. Ugly. I suspect that's why you like me, Jeff. <laughs> well, really, they're just the yeah. best. Well, Matt has a good story. Yeah. If you ever have, I haven't heard the epi- that episode, <laughs> Sasha. That's, but that's no, a good okay. no, no, it's um, totally. But the the point is, I mean, yeah. that's human nature to want. To see the train wrecks. To hear those yeah. titillating... That's why those books do well. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's why but, intervention but you, does well. You're, you have a great voice. You had a great, super funny voice right. in this side of the fence. Right. And there is a lot of funny things and a lot of right. odd things that happen. You know, like, yeah, just like I can tie my shoes. I don't... I can go out <laughs> and not get... Not meet a cop. Every time I meet right. a cop, I don't go to right. jail. Right. Like, right. Right. <laughs> it's right. just and, fun realizations. Yeah. Even now when I see a cop, I like get nervous. And I realized, like, oh, I'm not actually doing anything wrong at all. We were just <laughs> talk, comparing those stories before we got on the with yeah. you. Yeah that, yeah, that feeling of doing something wrong all the time. Huh. I don't know. You you were talking about that realization of that almost discovery of honesty early in sobriety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like magic. Like, in the yes. very beginning to me, I'm like, <laughs> I might be a wizard. Just cause yeah. And the simplest, most basic things. I said I was going to do that, mm-hmm. and then I did it. And That's right. And it was... Indistinguishable right. from me. Aha. Yeah. Hey, no. watch this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I also, um, I once, in early sobriety, like, I bounced a check, and uh, and my partner asked me about it, and I instinctively, like, had a Rolodex of lies, yeah. you know, roll. available to me, like, just ready to go. Like, oh, the bank screwed up, or I totally am in on it, or, don't worry about it, I already paid it, blah, blah, blah. And, and just <laughs> lies. And then it occurred to me, like, wait, I just made a mistake, mm-hmm. like, I can just own it. Like, oh, did I? Uh-oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did I think was going to happen? You right. know? And so I, I it was like amazing that I could just be like, yes, I did because I am mm-hmm. fallible. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it took me a long time to stop lying. It took me a long time in mm-hmm. just to, to completely cut it out. I mean, the big things. Yeah. But oh God, just the littlest, weirdest oh, things you just continually lie about for no reason. I think. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, it's funny when before I quit drinking, if you had asked me, was I a liar? Not even close. I would say, no way am I a liar. And I I would even say, like, if I lied to someone that wasn't a lie, it was just that we were not really on the same page. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like a perception problem. I I was just like the queen of massive rationalizations. And uh, so it's, it's always like, a like happy surprise when when I'm like telling the truth and it's a little hard but also like ultimately way easier. Yeah. 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 A little <laughs> hard. Yeah. But that slight yeah. amount of discomfort like oh, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, God, it's so it's so ref- it's so e- so much better. You really I think liberating. The, oh, so much so. Just to be honest, yeah. God. It's crazy. Or you or you brace yourself. You're like, "All right, I'm telling you this really horrible thing." Yeah. And then like the person you're telling is like, "Whatever." And you're like, wow, I almost lied. And it wasn't even like a big deal. I, have to. Yeah. No, I, I felt like I was quitting another job I had, which was keeping track of yeah. all my right. lies. Right. You know, it was a right. full-time <laughs> occupation. I'm like, wait, I don't have a second job. Yeah. Oh, 
And you don't have to like worry about people running into each other. And, like, oh, yeah. no. oh the, the world's colliding. What a fear that yeah. was. Yeah, totally. please. All it's going to take is two <laughs> people in one grocery store aisle, and my whole yeah. reality is yeah. rocked. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, man. So, uh, one thing. Yeah, I'm going to bring it back to, oh, this has all been fun. It's all fun and games. <laughs> Captain Busk. No, no. <laughs> no, but here, I am curious about some things because a couple of the reasons, again, why this all started, certainly for me. Yeah. And, you know, we all have kids on this and you mentioned you have a four-year-old. I have a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when and I told you, I think in the pre-call again, it was part of, you know, feeling powerless to help, um, you know, friends and family. And also just um, a sort of a renewed, uh, not not fear, but just concern. Now that you know, I was a father, like to to better understand, better, be better prepared for um, I don't know whatever having the talk or or dealing with you know dealing with the situation. Should uh, you know my daughter inherit this uh, old pair of jeans? Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, is that do you do you think about that at all? Do you have a, I mean, I, early on in the podcast, I was telling Jeff, I think that you know, I, I rev- went through a period where I was revising the talk like r- on a very regular basis yeah. mm-hmm. in my head. Do you do you think about that at all? All the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I worry about it. I think about it. I kind of expect it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like every time he kind of goes headlong into something, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I see it. And I love it. But I know. What it, I know. And then, and, and so, like, it's beautiful while he's four. But I kind of am mm. worried. Not because I think, like, there's something wrong mm. already. Just, like, the temperament that's mm-hmm. there that I love. And, yeah, I think about it a lot. And I think it's really hard. And I think I'm going to have to be as honest as possible yeah. mm-hmm. as soon as possible, yeah. I guess. Right. I mean, yeah. I'll take some tips on that. I well, think. Well, what's he, interesting is, I mean, I, I volunteered for a bit at uh, NCADA here in St. Louis. Uh, they're a they're they're a, a loosely affiliated with um, oh, whatever the other acronym, the national one, NACDCA. But um, anyway, they and they have programs that start in like kindergarten, not to teach specifically about um, drugs or addiction or any of that, but they start teaching at that age. They start teaching about. Um, about friendship and about making good friends and about what makes a good friend. So they start building this sense of, you know, self-worth and how to identify good behaviors in others and, and all that. And I think that's a really, that was a really good learning experience for me to help. I'm like, what can I do now? I want to figure out how to, you know, start, you know, in, inoculating her now. And, right. Uh, so that really helped me um, to just start speaking in those terms. But, you know, still like she went through a period of like a few weeks ago of, like twirling her hair incessantly. Um, and I'm like, addictive behavior. Addictive behavior. Right. Do I, right. Should I slap it out of her hands? I'm going to intervene right now. What was uh, face? Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, something like that at this early age, it, it helped to know that it's not about, you know, sit her down and talk about drugs, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. Like encouraging those good choices and like, yeah, and like not thinking that the bad kids are the cool kids. Mm-hmm. I think that would be like that would have helped me immeasurably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it, was, it was your friends that made you an alcoholic, obviously. <laughs> Junior high friends. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it's all my own doing, but I, I definitely aspired to be like cool slash bad. Oh, sure. 
Yeah. That's, and that's all I ever wanted to be in high was hip slick and cool. And that was the quickest yep. way. It was a drink mm-hmm. and party. Smoke and, and, yeah. yeah. It was so easy. Like, I never thought twice about it either. Like, yeah. there was another another option. Like, oh, I could be. There was, yeah, this, that side of the fence, the just good side of the fence, never felt no. as fun or interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it was vanilla. vanilla and, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Like yeah. good grades and SATs. Yeah. Psh. Yeah. Good luck with that. Where are they now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good luck with that high income. Yeah. Um, Good luck with that that island in the Caribbean senator. (laughs) Senator nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So speaking of senators and nerds, Mm -hmm. uh, you're in D.C., I'm in our nation's capital. Are you? We'll see you there. there. We're coming. October We're coming 4th? to see you. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Unite to face addiction. Yeah. We're coming. No. Done. Uh, we're uh, we're taking the show on the road again. Yeah. We went to Akron for AA Founders Day this year. Just fantastic. And uh, we're we're coming uh, in October. So uh, yeah. Storming the storming the capital. Let's do a pop up. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah. So so cool. Do you? Uh, so you're going attending i think that's still i mean i don't know if anybody has any information we're having donald uh mcfarlane he we've had him on once before sort of as an individual and he's coming back on he's the communications director for unite to face addiction we're having back on i don't know in about a month um to sort of fill us in on what's actually going to happen but uh it'll be interesting to yeah we'll we'll try to hook up looking forward to everybody we we know there um so yeah do definitely we know them all. Yeah. We're all our brothers yeah. and sisters. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know. um, but it'll yeah, be interesting to be surrounded by our people in such numbers. Um, Are you covering it? Like as a journalist? I, w- I will now. Okay. Oh. I'll write a little story. You heard it here first. Yeah. yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's fine. It's, you know, if it's as been described, our version of the Millionaire in March. And, to me, it sounds fun. Like as an American, you want to go to Washington mm-hmm. for something and march for some reason, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, what do I this, really believe? Yeah, in? this right. sounds good to me. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, hey, right, I'm not a promise keeper. Right, 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 right. Not, yeah, not in the tea party. Oh, but I am a total alcoholic. Right, right. exactly. I am down. Well, look at that. that. <laughs> Works. So be fun. Yeah, no, I'll totally uh, be there. But yeah, you should. Uh, you should do like a pop-up show and invite us all on again. Yeah. All us yeah. DC types. That's uh yeah, that's that's what we're gonna bring our, our traveling equipment and yeah. see what we, we get. <laughs> our traveling <laughs> It sounds so official. Like yeah. we're gonna... this American life over right. there. Yeah. Right. It, it's yeah. Helmet cams. So all right, well, uh, is there any anything anything any burning no, desires? This certainly any doesn't happen the last time either. We, as we, they say <laughs> Once you're in, you're in. So yeah. if you ever want to, you know, um, you don't have to wait for us to call back. Yeah. Um, if okay. You got to, if you ever want to come back on and and uh, and share, yeah, you're welcome. But do we, totally. we cover what we wanted to cover? I know an hour goes fast, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it was so yeah. nice yeah. to meet yeah. you. Well, yeah, yeah it was nice to meet you. We're you too. I, I'm, yeah, super I'm fans. Definitely a fan, and kind of. Yeah. I can't wait to see what what happens next. Yeah. What awesome. Happens, what you're working on? Yeah. Now. Yeah, and good luck with yeah the novel. That's. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's way harder than a memoir because you have to like, make it up. You yeah. can't just. <laughs> yeah. Making it up part. Yeah. 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 All right, Sasha. Well, thank you for 
joining us. And uh, yeah, we're, we'll we'll see shout out more DC and see if you want to figure out. Uh, Coffee yeah. is on us, say, hey. Sasha. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Thank you so okay. much. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. So let's hear your story, bro. Matt had to get drug tested yesterday. It's not much of a story, but so I saw Jeff yesterday, yeah. mm-hmm. and I had a random drug test. Random drug test. Mm. You know, it's not random and scheduled, but they sprung it on me yesterday morning at work. Mm-hmm. So you're taking a drug test today at noon, and I freaked out, mm. even though I haven't used. So sure. my whole, yeah, I was telling Jeff I'd been around people that were smoking pot and you know i think i was mm-hmm. always eager to prove like hey i can totally have Dang, no right. smoke right in my face i don't give a shit and um <laughs> overcompensating right. so i've been around people smoking pot yeah. and so by the time i saw jeff which was about an hour before my drug test yeah i was convinced yeah that i was going to fail it yeah because of secondhand pot smoke wow. from weeks ago hmm. and um had the whole, my whole precipitous decline figured out oh god dude i'm homeless i was exactly i was like i know how the story ends it's yeah. just this chain of events starting now <laughs> did you start using in your in your projection of what would happen or was it no no you're, you're i was, too miserable your, to even, I was yeah, just like you're, no, you weren't gonna use just, you're just going straight down <laughs> exactly <laughs> but and then of course nothing happened nothing happened that's crazy i can totally relate to that i mean yeah it was already like i'll live in a box no a can and anxiety is such an awesome thing it is isn't it yeah but i can i can see being freaked out about that i could totally i mean i empathize with you thinking like i guess it's possible it doesn't sound probable that you're going to fail this test no i guess it's but I'm like, I don't think you're gonna fail this, man. If you haven't actually inhaled, no, but you don't people. know. Yeah, and sometimes it's a failing. It's like, I mean, I can understand like the getting. Free. I mean, for years, if not like, I don't know, decades, probably now, I still get like nervous, like doing um, like international travel. Because mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, go, coming through customs, I'm like, they're gonna get me. They're gonna bust me. Like, I've done nothing. You know, I've done nothing for like decades, right, right. but. I mean, there was a period when going through it, because also because I was a freak that can do with a bunch with long dreadlocks and huge earrings. And I, like I got and stopped every pound of heroin shoved up my rectum. Time. <laughs> yeah, and the heroin in my ass. Yeah, but um, no, I mean, it's, For I just like use. I have like nonstop guilt, like yeah. syndrome. That even when I'm doing nothing, I'm yeah. guilty. Like if we can't oh. want to get pulled over for nothing. Yeah. I, I had that for a long time with police officers pulling me over. And then I'd remember, oh yeah, I was just nothing. And I'm not yeah. going to jail. I just I'm not drunk. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm not drunk. Um, I always know where they are on the road. Yeah. If there's a cop five right, me cars too. behind me. So, I'm hyper conscious. Right. Smokey on your six. Yeah. Bogey in Forbidden Zone. Well, yeah. But what's interesting about that is like another blog that, I mean, there's a lot interesting about that, but... I was reading a story on another blog on uh, on Transformation is Real. He had a story from a woman who was a nurse who had been sober, clean for, I don't know what, like six, seven, eight years, and some medication was stolen. And she, in her defense, thought she'd offer that it wasn't me, I'm in recovery. And it worked the opposite way, where she became the prime suspect. Oh, God. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, the level of ignorance oh, and stigma out there still yeah. is like yeah, crazy. Yeah. That yeah. when admitting you're in recovery, yeah. Makes turns you, you prime into a prime suspect. suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and surely it's the one who admits yeah. she used to be an addict. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's fucked up. It's fucked yeah. up. But I mean, the same sort of thinking would come to play. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I would have thought of it until I read that story. I'm like... If I was at a job today and whatever, drugs went missing, I said, well, it couldn't be me. I'm in recovery. That that could happen. Like, now I'd think twice. Like, because there's so many people just think, well, surely it's the guy who, you know, has the problem. Right. That right. he admits. Well, yeah. Even if it's under 
control. Yeah. And what's the alternative? Say nothing or right. or can't be me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pill addict. Oh wait. <laughs>